take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. You know, it's been uh, quite a journey, this this podcast. As of today, we have 40,000 Unique downloads. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is amazing in yep. in uh, 96 countries. Woo. That's awesome. It has been really awesome, and it's really been great getting a lot of feedback from our listeners and, and people who want to know more about relationships. Mm-hmm. We have a review here I just want to read off. Okay. Which Let's is really an awesome review. This comes from uh, Michelle Beckus. And... She titles it, A Podcast to Allow You to Always Learn and Grow. Gene and Dr. Ray give such good insight on so many things. They have changed my perspective and truly changed our marriage for the better. Marriage takes continuous work, and this podcast showcases ways to reach new levels with your partner. We are ever so thankful for Dr. Ray and Gene, as they have been integral in us understanding ourselves better better understanding our relationship, and creating a stronger, closer bond between my husband and I. Highly recommend. Wow. Thank you, Michelle. And we really hope that you and Nick are doing well. And we're glad you you guys enjoy the podcast and all of our work. And, you know, we're rooting for you guys. That was really, really a flattering review. Really, thank you so much for that. You know, and it's really genuine because it's really true that a relationship which is alive is either growing or it's dying. So you really do have to put work and effort into a relationship. Well, to reap the rewards, right? Absolutely, right. And, you know, this is this has been our life's work, is helping couples really transform their relationship into something they've always dreamed of, right? And this, this podcast started out as a way of just kind of reaching out across the general public, sharing our knowledge, and the work that we've been doing for close to 20 years now. And we are now at, what, 122? This is the 122nd episode of, of Couple Synergy. And, yeah. and this is coming to you guys right now on, on Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. I hope you guys are enjoying your time with your families and loved ones. You know, one thing that I would like to say is that the most painful experience in the human existence is to have a bond with another human being that is betrayed or ends or something to have it pulled apart, right? It's a very painful thing for a human being to go through. You and I are no strangers to that. 
you know, we both have had in our history some pretty painful relationships. And I think that is, you know, the foundation of why we do this work, each as individual people before we met and the passion we had of feeling better and not being in pain. And how do you create a loving bond that feels safe and like you could just take on the world and do anything with your partner? It is without a doubt, not without a lot of work. It it does take work. It takes effort. It takes having the skills and tools and implementing those skills and tools. A lot of couples out there, a lot of people in general, feel like it's a pipe dream, you know, and that it, it isn't something that they could have. And sometimes they feel like it's something that they don't deserve. Yeah, especially if they haven't had role models, which, you know, are hard to come by. There is, this is tough work and we don't know how to do it. We're not so good at it. We're good at, you know, falling in love and buying a home and making babies, but we're not good with the now what, what happens after that. And we see so many people, so many people who they love their partner. They want to be with their partner. They don't want to go somewhere else, but they're really unhappy. They're just so stuck in their lives. And it's interesting to me when we're doing couple to couple session with another couple, how often they wait until they're in front of us before they can talk about difficult things. And you know, that's one of the biggest things that we hear, right? It's communication. Mm -hmm. And so we know how painful that is and how helpful it can be to have you know, a third party or a neutral safe place in order to to tackle some of those tough things, which is why we created The weekend. Absolutely, right. Mm -hmm. Especially in today's day and age with everything going on, relationships demand communication, healthy communication, right? Having to navigate kids, staying home, you know, and and e-learning and couples trying to figure out how to make an income, and you know, doing it from home, virtually, whatever. There's just so many moving parts going on right now. And so that's why we see this, the weekend intensive as a really awesome respite for couples. And it comes at a great time right now. Well, you know, along the lines of communication, along the lines of, you know, a respite, you know, we want to talk a little bit about the couple's weekend intensive, which is coming up on October 15th through the 18th. And this is an amazing opportunity for you to get away with your partner. And it's just a quick jaunt from Chicago. I mean, it's two hours, yep. you know, um, on the shores of Lake Michigan, in Michigan. Beautiful, beautiful setting. Lakeside Inn. That we have all all set up. It's going to be a great weekend for couples who join us. Um, and, you know, some of the things that we're going to be talking about you know, on the weekend, some of the the topic areas that we're going to be covering is going to span a lot of different areas of your relationship, mm-hmm. right? Just for example, there is, um, you know, something that we cover called the 10 facets of synergy. And if you think about these different facets in your relationship, uh, these are areas where communication is really going to be key and being on the same page is going to be key. So like the 10 facets are financial, career, personal growth, physical health, intimacy, spirituality, socialization and friendships, co-parenting, extended family relationships, and relationship goals. 
Oh, you're going with some light topics, are you? Oh, yeah, very light. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are some big ones. So you can see, like, you know, when you are navigating a relationship, just how complex it is, just these 10 facets alone, there's just so much in there that couples need to be navigating and figuring out together. And, you know, most often couples get into conflict in their negotiation, which is to be expected. And what might have worked at one point in the relationship might not work at a different point in the relationship. So these aren't like stagnant things that you can just put some boundaries around and move on. Right. They're ever evolving. Right. And so if couples are not, you know, growing mm-hmm. in the relationship or growing together, then they're definitely growing apart. Right. And so this weekend gives you an awesome opportunity to really sit down back at the drawing board with your partner and figure out where you're at and figure out where you want to be. You know, one of the goals that we had for this weekend was to have full control over the environment. And we wanted that because we have such disruption in our life right now and so many things pulling for our attention, whether it's our careers or our kids or whatever life has for us, right? And so we wanted this weekend to be truly an unplugging from all of that and that it was going to be peaceful and that it was going to be really lovely. Top end was that our feeling for it so that we could really have a place where people could relax and unwind and then really discuss in a way they maybe have never done before. You know, our relationships are the most important things in our life and most people don't plan them very well or even navigate them later if things change. And so this is a space to do all that, a space to really set a solid footprint for the rest of your relationship at this point in your life besides to get away. And I want you to keep in mind, this is not a marriage counseling Mm-mm. retreat, you know, delving into Pandora's box and pulling out all your hurts and transgressions, uh, you know, towards each other. <laughs> that that just does not sound like fun at all. Oh, absolutely not. No, this is definitely, you know, an environment where it is going to be fun. It is going to be enlightening and it's going to be bonding. You know what I love is that growth in a relationship and having a lot of fun really go hand in hand. And so navigating difficult things can lead to a tremendous amount of growth, but only if it feels good. Like the whole point, and I know that's always been important important to us in the work that we do with couples, is that we want them to leave our office feeling good and feeling better so that they leave feeling like, okay, I have one more piece of this or one more tool that I can then navigate the difficult things so that our life can get back to feeling good and having fun and feeling safe together. But most often couples don't feel that way coming in to the office to work with us. Nope. They feel anxious. Guarded. Yeah, they feel a little apprehensive mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's a scary thing. Yeah. It's a scary thing to really, you know, to be vulnerable with your partner, to maybe talk about the difficult topics, you know, in your relationship. It's a lot easier just to sweep that under the rug, not look at it, just, you know, go about your day, you know, day in and day out, same kind of routine. And... It's fine. There are a lot of couples that do that, right? They just kind of do their routine every single day. But not too many couples really, you know, open up the hood, take a look at how things are going in their relationship, and make the improvements necessary to to really connect it at a different level. I don't even think they know where the hood is. 
or that they should open it or that they should take a look. You know, and in Michelle's comment, she's talking about how much it's changed her life. And what I really like about when we're working with a couple, we have them check in, right? And they have to give us two words that describe how they feel right now. And most couples, by the time they're in the third or fourth couple session, they're saying those two things. I'm anxious or apprehensive about the session and I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. That hopeful starts coming in. Anxious always starts in the beginning, but then the hope starts to come in as they start to watch the improvements happen and them feeling good in their lives. And, you know, that's the goal. And that's what we want to give people in a weekend is just to leave there feeling really great and with a lot of tools and a lot of nutrition for your relationship. So let's talk about some of these facets or aspects or areas of relationship. Well, the 10 facets of synergy. You think about, you know, the first one, I mentioned, which was financial. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully you and your partner are on the same page when it comes to the financial facet of your relationship. But how many times do we hear couples that are not on the same page? Yeah, and this is not so much about how you set up your finances, whether you blend your money, whether you don't blend your money, whether you have a prenup, whether you, however you split things up is not as important as that being on the same page. Does this work for both of us? Do we both feel good about this? And you know, the hard thing is, you know, setting goals is really, really difficult by yourself. But when you set goals with another person, if one of you sabotages, you both go down. And that's a really hard thing. It makes it extra hard to accomplish stuff. You know, so if we're like, okay, we're gonna set aside money to go on vacation, and that means no no Starbucks for a month or something like that. And then you see a Starbucks cup in your partner's car. Right. So then they're sabotaging, you know, the goals yeah. that the two of you set together. Now, you know, I think transparency is a really big key component to this facet. You know, it really, as you said, it doesn't matter how you set up the finances. If one person is, you know, going to be taking charge of paying the bills and, you know, investing, there should be at least some transparency with the other partner that they know what is going on. They have access to, they're able to take a look at the accounts and there isn't anything that is just kind of kept to, to oneself. I think to a good discussion about what you learned and what you saw around the areas of finances and money when you were a child is so important because money is just another way that energy flows through a relationship. And so if it's not flowing well, it's because there's a problem. You know, there's something that, you know, your partner might have learned as a kid that you learned something very, very different. And now you're trying to merge these two kind of financial philosophies. And that's a tough one, which is why finances is a big hot button for a lot of couples. Finances and physical intimacy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those two topics are the top two topics that couples fight about. Because it is connected to and associated with food, shelter, clothing, like basic survival needs and vulnerability. And so if couples are not aligned in these areas, it, it can be a huge sticking point and huge point of contention. So that physical intimacy, you know, that I guess we could talk about that next. And obviously, this is something that couples have to grow together on. Unfortunately, we mostly see that couples that are struggling with physical intimacy are just ignoring it. Their interval of when they have sex decreases and decreases to once a month, once every other month. And that's a really difficult thing for a relationship to sustain because that's your connection. That's your intimacy. 
And if you don't feel good there, that is, I would say, the single greatest indication that you have a problem in your relationship. I would say that as physical intimacy starts to be connected to deeper vulnerabilities and insecurities and less about the physical act of having sex, that is when couples start to get into trouble, especially if they're not talking about it. That's when the frequency starts to you know, lengthen because now they're not talking about what sex really means to them now. Now it's just the focus is on how many times and also where is the power struggle because often that's what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the beginning of a relationship that they're having sex whether they want to or not until it gets to that place where they can't anymore, you know, on either side. And if if that's you, if you are in a relationship where you're having sex when you don't want to be having sex or you don't feel a connection to your partner and you guys aren't talking about it, that would be something that's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? You know, there are couples who frequency might be very comfortable for them to go down to once or twice a month or every other month or something like that. But again, it's like being on the same page, right? It's it's that whole thing. It's the hard part is when one person wants that connection or wants intimacy more regularly than the other. And it brings up all sorts of stuff because this hits us not just physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually as well. It is the greatest gift that we have as a bonded couple to connect. Well, let's go into physical health. Because that's another facet. And, and you know, as we go through this, you could see that some of this is geared towards the individual. And then some of this is geared towards the relationship together. And, you know, these are very important facets, you know, in a relationship. And that's why we cover them. But this area of physical health and the area of personal growth. Okay. Those areas are both geared towards the individual. Because if you are not a whole healthy human being in a uh, as 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 a, as yourself, um, there's no way that you can fulfill your end of the partnership in the relationship. So you know, married couples tend to be fatter <laughs> and more out of shape than single people. It's another thing that's really difficult when you set a goal for yourself and your partner may or may not be joining you. Then you're taking time away from the relationship, from the family, from whatever to channel that energy into yourself to be physically healthy or to develop a personal goal. And I think that's what gets kind of sticky. I think the the sticky part also occurs when maybe one partner is not taking care of their health as much as the other person. Maybe they're neglecting to go to the doctor. Maybe there's some symptoms that they're having that are concerning, you know, and the other person, the other partner feels kind of powerless right? Like they can't really do anything about it. They can't say anything to their partner, you know, because they don't want to make them feel bad or they don't want to pressure them. And so it's, it becomes this like stalemate and a growing like 800 pound gorilla in the room. That's a really tough thing because as an individual person, you get to have a hundred percent control over your body and what you do with your body and how you care for your body. But that also directly impacts your partner because your energy levels or what you can do activity-wise in the world or how it impacts your mood or if you die. Yeah. You know, I mean, I actually had that. My dad died at the age of 60 
And I remember my mom asking me, pray for him to go to the doctor. And I said, I won't do that. I said, because it's his body and he has to live with whatever he chooses, including dying at a young age. And, you know, I said, I'll pray for you to accept what he chooses for his body. And she had to be a widow at 58 and she had to live and is still living the rest of her life. It's been 20 years without him. Those are the difficult things of this kind of stuff because we know it's scary for our partners if we either get in better shape than they're in or are in significantly worse shape than they're in. This is a big aspect of, you know, what we have to navigate in relationships. And sometimes just having a real vulnerable conversation around it on both sides about what that feels like for each of you is the best thing you can do rather than worry about if your partner is doing their sit-ups every day or what they're eating. But just, you know, how do you feel in your body? And this is what it feels like for me. Mm -hmm. To just express, you know, the emotional impact that it's having on you and to refrain from going to an avenue of power and control or trying to take control of what your partner's doing. And I think that is a natural tendency when, you know, someone feels insecure or they feel scared for their partner, they try to take control for them, right? And micromanage what they eat or micromanage what they, how they're taking care of themselves. And this doesn't actually solve the problem. No, pretty much leads to a lot of resentment and lying and yeah. being sneaky. Yeah. So personal growth. What would we say about personal growth? I think that's a big challenge for you and I personal growth because the way that I like to learn and the way that you like to learn are different Mm -hmm. and we don't have a lot of time alone to explore those avenues of the ways that we want to to grow personally and so unfortunately I think if we defer to something that's more common it's not really that satisfying for either one of us. Personal growth is a very uh, obviously a very broad topic and it Mm -hmm. can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people and You know, you just, you want to think about really from the perspective of, you know, what is it that you want to experience in this world? You know, what is it that you want to learn? What is it that that excites you? And are there things that you've been wanting to do in your life that you've just put on hold? You know, if you think of that, that bucket list and wanting to experience or learn or, you know, see things that are on your bucket list have you put that list away? You know, have you just become complacent in your life? And these are the things that would be covered in in this facet, you know, of synergy, that personal growth. It's easy to have people advertise to us or put more quick facts or little bits of thrill that's really quick. But if you really want to understand something at depth, if you want to understand how to build something or philosophize or it takes like more work. You have to actually go seek that information out. You have to, you know, spend time and energy to educate yourself. And it's so easy for us to just not do that and just distract ourselves. You know, this is along those same lines of getting bored, right? And then you want to go stimulate your brain and learn new things and have new connections. I think it's a lot harder though, because we've gotten so mentally comfortable in the world that we really don't challenge ourselves very much anymore. Yeah. What do they say that it takes 20 hours to learn something and 20,000 hours to master something? 10,000. 20 times. 20 times. You have to do something 20 times to learn it. To learn it. And 10,000 
to master it. Right. So in the area of personal growth, think about the things that you want to learn and think about the things you want to master. And on to career. I think there are people out there that have also become complacent in their career. They don't have any career aspirations. Maybe they just work a job because they feel that that's what they want to do. But is there, do you have aspirations for more, right? Do you want to challenge yourself in this area of your life? This is a really great time in our life to really evaluate our careers because careers were sort of developed during the industrial revolution where people started working for a company because prior to that they had their home and they had to stay alive and then maybe in the town they were the miller or the blacksmith or whatever and so they had a specific skill which would allow them to be part of this community and prosper from there but now we punch a clock and we trade our time you know for whatever work it, it is that we're doing and now we're most people are working virtually so that instantly shifted our work life balance our commute times our times with our kids i think we got unbalanced all the way in the other direction but i think it's an interesting time to really look at what feels good what's a good cadence to the work balance with the home with the partner with everything I think that's a good point as far as balance, you know, with the home, with your partner, with your family. Because uh, too often, you know, we have career aspirations. We want to kind of, you know, get that new job, but it's going to involve travel. And so now it's going to impact your entire family system. Or you want to get that the other job, but you have to now relocate, you know, to the East Coast. And now it's going to impact, uh, impact your entire family. And so this is... This is an avenue that's not just for yourself, but it's also, it, it involves your partner. And communication is key when it comes to being able to figure out what is going to be best for you and your family and your relationship as a whole. And really look at different aspects. Don't just look at the financial rewards of a career, but also if it's fulfilling for you or if it allows that good work-life balance, you know, be picky. Spirituality. That's interesting. And we're not talking about religion. No. And a lot of religion, a lot of organized religion has really become less and less and less a part of people's lives, right? And we were watching that other documentary. Was it the same one? No, I think it was a different one. And they were saying that they think the emergence of all the superheroes right now are because we still want to believe in something. We still want to believe in something that's supernatural or a bigger thing than what's happening here on the earth. And that's an interesting concept. Spiritual development. Hmm. How do you develop your spirit? And, you know, we did a whole segment uh, and a whole episode on spirituality, but this is a very important part of a relationship. You know, this is a major bond between a couple having a similar spiritual belief right? And again, we're not talking about religion. Our spirituality is something that we could 100% completely ignore. We don't have to develop it. We don't have to be spiritual. We can actually just be atheist and believe that when we die, we're dead. Mm -hmm. For me, the incredible richness of my life is 100% determined by my efforts in spiritual development. It helps me feel stronger when I feel like crap. It helps me have insights when I don't know what to do. It soothes me when I'm in pain. 
and it inspires me to create and grow and become. And so for me, whenever I'm hitting a roadblock in my life, I'm diving into my spiritual practice. Yeah, I believe that spirituality or connection to it gives us a greater sense of purpose and meaning for what it is that we're going through. And so it really shines a light on the challenges that you go through in your relationship, in all your relationships. And it's so like, why would we be working so hard on our primary partnership? Why would we have the conflicts that we're supposed to have? And why go through the pain, you know, of insecurity and intimacy and everything that is just so vulnerable? Well, if you have a higher spiritual belief that everything happens for a reason, then going through those difficult times is very important. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your partner. You learn a lot about the connection that we can have, the ultimate connection we can have with another human being. And so if you just have the spiritual belief that there's nothing, well then, you know, from my perspective, it makes it very difficult to have an understanding of, you know, those challenges. In yoga, there's a term called sinkara. And sinkara is when, you know, you're holding a pose and it hurts or you start shaking or something. And they would say, that's your sinkara is leaving. Sinkara is another word for sin. And sin is defined as any time you've gone against yourself. And so I think like if you think about your physical body, if you ate poorly and then you try to work out, you're going to feel some pain from that, right? The highest form of anything a human being can do is to develop spiritually and to unite and bond with another person without sinkaras. How impossible is that, right? And so all along the way, all that pain of of healing and connecting and being vulnerable is part of how we get to that most sacred of places, which may or may not be possible on earth, but certainly that's what I strive for, is how could I connect with you fully on all these aspects and all these levels with cleaning out everything that's in the way before we can do that. And it's fabulously rewarding and difficult work. Let's talk about co-parenting and extended family relationships. And co-parenting obviously is not going to apply to couples who don't have kids. All right. So this is kind of like a an optional <laughs> facet, especially for those who don't have kids. But the extended family relationships are definitely going to apply. And so these are different relationships, right? Relationship aspects. I mean, if you have kids, you know, that co-parenting relationship that you have with your partner is a very different relationship than your intimate bond. And seeing your partner with their family members is a very different aspect of your partner as well. And your bond with their family members is going to be a very different aspect of the relationship. And so it comes with its own set of challenges and rewards. All too often, we hear so many people who have other people in their lives that are not their primary partner that they're investing in more than they are their primary relationship. Whether it's your kids, whether it's your mother, whether it's your siblings, whatever that is, those... We we should probably add on the other category of socialization and friendships too because... Sure. You know, given what you're talking about Mm -hmm. here, some people involve friends in their lives more than their partners. Right. 
And so they're having those intimate conversations with someone that they're not intimately vulnerable with. And it's 100% unfair to the relationship to yourself and to your partner to be sharing intimate things about your relationship with people that aren't a part of it. Because it relationships are hard. And your perception that your partner is the one with the problem and should change, which is why you're talking to your friends about it, or your mom or sibling, whoever, doesn't allow for you and your partner to knit that back up where there is a problem. And I can promise you this, we have never seen a relationship that was not a 50-50. Right. Anytime you're pointing the finger at your partner saying that this is your problem and you need to change it or you need to fix it, you are now sabotaging the partnership. Mm -hmm. And it's not true. It's always 100, uh, 50% it, is yours. It absolutely is not true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the case of, let's take the extreme of uh, Christopher Reeve, right? And after his accident, he was, he was paralyzed. And so now there's an instantaneous shift and change in their relationship, him and his wife, that both of them have to now adjust to. It's not just his fault, his problem, and you know his wife was like, "Oh no, it's this is your problem. You got to fix it." No, this is now a, an issue for the relationship that both people have to learn how to navigate together. This brings me to a really important topic, and that topic is ultimately we are always going to feel the best in this world if we keep ourselves in a position of being in service. You know, this is a complicated topic because I don't mean that you should be someone's slave or you should be subservient to another human being. I'm talking about really choosing to show up in service. And if you show up in service to your partner, I think there's a huge, beautiful reward in that. And we see that. We see that with couples who, especially as they get older and one of them has more health issues than the other. And they just seem so grateful for each day that they continue to have each other. But I think if you're younger and you're dealing with that, it just feels really unfair and you want to get really selfish with things like that. But one of the things that I think we both do is, you know, when we cook for each other, we want the other person to have the better plate, even though it's all pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. But just one seems a little bit better. And I always want to give you the better one. Because if I take the one that I think is better, you wouldn't have never known that because you weren't cooking. Right. But I would. And I would feel like selfish. I, I don't know, it would feel, it would not be a good feeling to me. And so that feeling of reaching out and reaching across is so difficult. And it's so difficult to do, especially if your feelings have been hurt or, or whatever. But we really got to get back to this. What am I giving to this relationship and not what can I take from it? These, these areas, these three categories of like friendships, co-parenting and extended family relationships, are all dependent on the connection that you have with your partner and the, the degree of healthiness that, that there is. Because if you both are disconnected and have unhealthy communication patterns, you can only imagine how you guys are going to co-parent. It's going to be a competition between the two of you. You can only imagine how you're going to navigate friendships, right? This would be an area where jealousy could come in, you know, where, you know, feelings of resentment could also build. Likewise, when it comes to extended family relationships, if you don't respect your partner, then you're not going to respect your partner's family 
in terms of the partner's family, your job is to support your partner. Your job is not to have an opinion about their family because guess what? It's a family. (laughs) And of course, it's not perfect and there's all sorts of complications with that. But you trying to tell your partner how they should or shouldn't interact with their family is really something that's going to backfire on you. And whatever they need, being willing to support that is really important because you chose this person and there's something in that for you as well. Some place of growth, even if it's just to be a companion, whether you agree with what's going on in that family or not. That I can see is going to be a huge hot button for a lot of people out there listening to this. Yep. Yes, it is. But if you want to learn more, come on the weekend. We are going to delve deep (laughs) into extended family relationships as well as others. The last facet of synergy is relationship goals. And so this is, you know, besides the personal growth facet, which is, you know, yourself, really, this is what are you guys going to accomplish together? You know, what is it that the two of you want to create together in your lives? And you know, what is it that you want to experience? What are What is that that goal or goals that the two of you want to create? Yeah, the, the number two topics that we hear from couples about why they're coming in for couples work is lack of communication and lack of time together. But the number one reason couples over 20 years divorce is lacking a common vision of the future. Right. You know, they already did the whole get married, get a house, have the kids. Now the kids are grown and they're at the now what stage and there's nothing there. And so this idea of these common goals, and it's really hard because there's no space in our world to think and feel and create. And so you get bogged down with just living, 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 living. And then you wake up and you're in your fifties and you go, where are we going? And who are you? (laughs) Right. And, you know, for us, we run some businesses together. So we are constantly setting goals and doing things for our business. But when it comes to our personal life, that's a whole different thing to etch time out for and to give yourself, it really takes time to decide what do I want out of the world? What are, like you were saying before about like, where do you want to travel? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? And what do you guys want to create together? And it's, I think that one of the most important things of what we're doing here on earth, we're creators and we can have a good life and you can have a roof over your head and pay your bills and have health insurance and stay alive till you're 80 or 90 years old. But what about living? And that's what we're all about here mm-hmm. is teaching you out there how to live and how to live together and, and actually be happy doing it. In this weekend, you will feel that at every moment. At every moment, you will feel that aliveness and that presentness and that excitement about what you can create with your partner and how to become truly a power couple in the world. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. If you want to get know more information about the Couples Weekend Intensive, 
go to couplesynergy.com and click on the link for the weekend intensive. You will get all the information about it, the information about how to register. Um, it is very limited, you know, as far as space and space availability, just because of, you know, the COVID precautions that we're taking. We want to make sure everybody is going to be safe on this weekend. Um, so lock in your spot. All right. Couplesynergy.com. Uh, if you want to also find out more information about Couple to Couple, you can also look us up on couplesynergy.com and get more information about that premier program and personal coaching program that we do for couples. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.